Welcome to another edition of Time My Sports, the podcast. It's your host, C. Ruff, and we're back at it again. On today's episode, we will be discussing the NFL draft. We'll discuss those who are undrafted free agents from HBCUs. We'll discuss the NFL draft winners and draft losers. NBA news and my NBA playoff predictions. So before we get started, please make sure that you are following us on social media at Timeout Sports 3 on Twitter. Again, Timeout Sports 3. Sports is all caps. Uh, Instagram is Timeout Sports with two underscores. And then you can support the WNBA League Fitz page at uh, Fitz underscore WNBA on Twitter and WNBA League Fits on Instagram. Now, starting this thing off, I am very excited because, as you all know, on last Thursday through Saturday, we had the NFL Draft. I'm recording this on Monday. The NFL Draft took place again last Thursday through Saturday, and we had four HBCU athletes get drafted. Four. In 2021, you may or may not know there were zero athletes taken from HBCUs. So this is progress. I believe that we have a ways to go. You know, it should be a lot more than four getting drafted, but we'll take this for this season, for this year. Uh, so let me run through the names of the people that were drafted. With the number 135 pick in the NFL draft, the Kansas City Chiefs selected cornerback Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State University. I think that was a great pickup for the Chiefs. Uh, it was a position of need. And I believe that Joshua is going to be able to do great things. You know, he was one of the top prospects from an HBCU on most people's board. So, you know, people felt like if we were going to get somebody to be drafted, it would be him. And he was. He was the first person drafted from an HBCU. Seven picks later, we had the Los Angeles Rams select cornerback Kobe Durant from South Carolina State with a number 142 pick. Many uh, know that there's a few players from South Carolina State in the NFL currently. You have Eagles defensive tackle Javon Hargrave. You have Colts linebacker Darius Leonard. So he's joining some of his peers uh, from that university in the NFL. I like that pickup as well. I think the Rams uh, definitely needed some cornerback help. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he's able to do. With the number 217 pick in the NFL draft, the Detroit Lions selected linebacker James Houston from Jackson State University. So Coach Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, he got him one. Had a player drafted in this year's draft. Uh, so I love that pickup for the Lions. Uh, James Houston was a guy that I wanted my Washington Commanders to get, but it didn't end up happening. And with the final pick from an HBCU this year, you had the Chicago Bears select offensive tackle. Jatari Carter out of Southern with the number 226 pick in the 2022 NFL draft. So again, 
We have four players get drafted this year from HBCUs. That is progress, um, and I do not want it to stop here. I believe that next year we will get more. Hopefully we can push closer to 10. If we can do six or seven, that would be progress again. So, you know, it's just a matter of continuing to get those opportunities for those players as they can do things that other schools can do. But it's a matter of getting opportunities and getting the uh, recognition as far as being able to see them in college and see what kind of players they are. So, you know, we're going to keep on working and uh, keep on climbing. But uh, Congratulations to those four who were drafted. Uh, now let's talk about undrafted free agents. You had a lot of other guys get uh, signed after the draft. You had guys like Ron Hunt from A&T, North Carolina A&T. Ron Hunt got a contract. You had uh, Jermaine Martin. He's going to be going to the Colts uh, minicamp. A lot of different guys got drafted. Uh, not drafted, but got an opportunity to go to minicamp and uh, you know prove what they have. So glad about that. Akil Glass is going to be going to Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, minicamp, and you know he'll have an opportunity to fight for a contract. I believe he's going to actually get it, get signed because they have a need at the quarterback position behind Tom Brady, and uh, he's a guy that I believe can fill in and be that backup that they need. Let's talk a little bit about the draft winners and the draft losers now. For me, I feel like the New York Jets had a great draft. I feel like the Philadelphia Eagles had a great draft. The Baltimore Ravens had a great draft. I think that all three of those teams really addressed what they needed, uh, and they filled in those positions. For me, the losers are the Browns and the Titans. I didn't really uh, like the moves that they necessarily made. And uh, I, I think they left a lot to be desired. So, again, those are my winners and my losers for this year's draft. Let's now transition and talk NBA news. As you all know, their NBA playoffs have started. Uh, so let's start off with the news. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers center Joel Embiid suffered a right orbital fracture and mild concussion in game six of the opening round against the Toronto Raptors. Embiid has been ruled out indefinitely. Uh, so that's a big blow for them. Um, you know, he has a concussion also, and so he's got to, like I said, he's got to clear that before he can even see if he can fit a, put a mask on and, and get out there. Uh, the Sixers and the Miami Heat tip off tonight, as I said, I'm post uh, recording this on Monday night. They tip off tonight for game one of the second round, and so the Sixers will be without Joel Embiid. Uh, the Miami Heat have already announced that they'll be without Kyle Lowry. Uh, so... Both of those teams are experiencing issues and injuries. I'm going to get into the breakdown of who I think is going to win in a few moments. 
Uh, also, NBA news, Golden State Warriors forward Jamon Green was ejected in game one of the second round against the Memphis Grizzlies uh, after he pulled Brandon Clark down by his jersey um, and then proceeded to, you know, dap everybody up and kind of run all over the court after he got ejected. So I could see a fine coming along with that ejection. Um, He had mentioned on his emergency podcast last night that he hoped that the flagrant would be reduced to a flagrant one. Well, the NBA announced today that it would not be reduced. That flagrant foul will stay at a penalty two. So, Raymond will have to be careful because if you get a certain amount of flagrants, uh, you'll get suspended a game. And we have some other news. The Sacramento Kings have cut their uh, candidates down in their p- potential head coach. Um, vacancy. They've cut that list down to Mark Jackson, former Golden State Warriors coach, a guy that I believe definitely deserves another chance. I believe he was very instrumental in uh, getting that team on track. You know, he kind of laid the groundwork, in my opinion. You also have Mike Brown, who is is supposed to be a finalist for that position. And you have Steve Clifford. If I'm the Sacramento Kings, I'm going with Mark Jackson. There's no doubt about it. I believe he's the best candidate for that position. You know, because that's a team that needs a fresh start, but they also need a true leader. They need somebody that's going to be tough on their young players uh, as they have guys like De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis who have a lot of potential but have not had any postseason success. Uh, I think Mark Jackson could get that team turned around and get them headed in the right direction. Now, for my predictions, again, we have the Heat versus the 76ers in round two. Uh, I'm going to go with the Miami Heat in five games. I just think that Jimmy Butler is going to be a key in this series. I think uh, going up against his old team, he's going to want to play well and, uh, you know, do everything necessary for us to win, such as not only scoring but defending, uh, rebounding, and facilitating. I believe that uh, Bam Adebayo is going to be big in this series. Also, uh, with the 76ers being without Joel Embiid, he should have a great series on the glass. There's no reason why Bam shouldn't average 12 to 13 rebounds per game. Um, I think on the Philadelphia side, I just believe that James Harden is not the same player that we come to know uh, over the last, you know, six, seven, eight years of his career in this last year or so. He just doesn't look the same. Uh, he does not have the same explosion, explosiveness. You know, it used to be where if James Harden scored under 30 points, you were surprised. Now if James Harden scores 30, 30 points or more, you're surprised. You know, so that's a complete switch. Uh, I think that the Miami Heat defense will plan and game plan for him. I think they're going to try to make – uh, Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey uh, beat them. And I just think in the end, the Miami Heat will be too much, uh, especially without Joel Embiid. Uh, they are saying that Joel might be able to play at some point in the series. Uh, 
game three, game four, game five. I don't necessarily believe he plays in this series, especially if it's, you know, I think if Joel Embiid was to play, it would have to be around game five or six. Because coming back from that injury and that concussion in like a week's time, I just don't see it happening. Now going to the next series we saw yesterday, we had the Boston Celtics go up against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, my prediction is that the Celtics would win in seven. That was my prediction. Didn't get out to a great start. Uh, but I think this game coming up is going to be a must win for the Boston Celtics if they want to win the series. Uh, Chris Middleton is out for the Bucks, So if you go down 0-2 to that team, you're going to be in the trouble if you're the Boston Celtics. One thing about it is Marcus Smart has been going through a lot of different injuries. He really fought yesterday and gave it his all. Uh, but I don't know what his injury status is going to be going forward. How healthy can he be? And if he's not healthy, that's a big blow. Because Marcus Smart is not only their main facilitator, but he is the best defender. Um, he, you know, he just gives you all of the hustle plays that you need to be a great team, be a good team. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but I'm going to stick with the Celtics in seven, and we'll see what happens uh, from the Milwaukee side. Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think, will play better in games two through uh, the rest of the series than he did in game one. He missed a lot of easy shots. Uh, he was also very careless with the basketball. So I think he's going to end up playing better uh, in game two. And uh, so Boston's going to have their hands full. One thing that was a positive for the Milwaukee Bucks in game one was Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday played well. He was aggressive. Uh, he finished with 25 points and 10 rebounds. And so he got on the glass. It's, it's going to be an interesting series for sure. Like I said, I believe that game two is the it's the most pivotal one. If Boston goes down 0-2, they're going to be in big, big trouble. Um, and this is a series where you got to look at the role players. Guys like Grayson Allen, guys like uh, Pat Connaughton. Uh, Grant Williams, uh, Peyton Pritchard. Which one of those guys are going to going to play well in in each game and help their team out? Yesterday, Grayson Allen played well. He's continued to give them scoring punch off the bench. And uh, so, like I said, going to be a very interesting series. I'm looking forward to seeing Game Two. Uh, in my opinion, it's a game. It's a game that the Boston Celtics must win if they want a chance to win this series. For the third series that we have, we have the Suns versus the Mavericks. Uh, my prediction is Suns and six. I think that DeAndre Ayton will be a mismatch for the Phoenix for the Dallas Mavericks in this in the series. Um, you know, Dwight Powell just doesn't have enough bricks in his pocket. He doesn't weigh enough to bang with Ayton. Uh, I also think guys like Mikhail Bridges and Jay Crowder will be able to kind of defend Luka Doncic to some degree and kind of neutralize him. Um, Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a guy that we know is, is seeking that first championship after their long career. It's really only the thing, the only thing that's missing from his resume. Uh, so 
And I believe he's going to continue to play well and, and play uh, great basketball. On the Dallas side of the ball, I, can see, I just talked about Luka Doncic. I think that Jalen Brunson, he's going to be key in this series. Can he continue to keep up his great play um, and give them somewhere from 20 to 22 points per game uh, as he's in a contract year? There's no doubt in my mind that Jalen Brunson is getting ready to get a contract for $20 million a year. Uh, as he's played very well. Another guy that's going to have to step his game up if the Dallas Mavericks want a chance is Spencer Dinwiddie. They traded Kristaps Porzingis for him and Davis Bertans. Well, Davis Bertans is out of the playoff rotation, but Spencer Dinwiddie is going to play somewhere from 26 to 29 minutes. And he played well in, to end the regular season. In the last month or two of the regular season with Dallas, he played well. But in the playoffs, the first round, he did not look good. Uh, he was not scoring the ball efficiently. Uh, he was turning it over. So I just think that Spencer Dinwiddie is a key to this series. If they want a chance to knock off the Suns, Spencer Dinwiddie is going to have to play well off the bench. He's going to have to be that sixth man that gives them uh, not only scoring but facilitating. They need him to get them about 14 to 15 points per game and about four to five assists off the bench. If he can do that, the Dallas Mavericks will have a chance uh, to win and definitely be competitive. The final series that we must discuss is the Memphis Grizzlies against the Golden State Warriors. My prediction was Warriors in six in that series. I just think that they're the better team. Uh, when you have guys like Steph, you have guys like Clay, Jordan Poole, that's three guys that can get you 30 or 40 points on any given night, can make seven, eight, nine threes on any given night. I just think that's too much firepower for the Memphis Grizzlies. Then you have a guy like Gary Payton, the second, who I love his game. Uh, I'm glad he's finally getting a chance to stick in the NBA. He can make shots. He can defend. He plays with a lot of energy, a lot of effort. Um. He's going to be big also when you're trying to guard John Morant. One of the things that I don't like about the Memphis Grizzlies is their inconsistencies. Uh, you have guys like Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks can go six for 10 from three, or he might go one for 10 from three. You just never know what you're going to get. He's so spotty. He's so inconsistent. Uh, and Desmond Bain, Desmond play, Bain in game one, he didn't play well. Uh, now, he was through a bad game as he had played well pretty much the whole opening series. But if they want a chance to beat Golden State, they need Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks to play well. Also, one of the things that happened in game one that cannot happen going forward if they want a chance is Golden State plays a small team. They starting Draymond at the five, and they ended up out-rebounding uh, – Memphis in game one. That's absolutely inexcusable. It's unacceptable, and it can happen. Memphis Grizzlies were playing Jaron Jackson Jr., playing Brandon Clark. They need to dominate on the glass. They want to be able to win games in this series. They're going to need to out-rebound Golden State by 8, by 10, by 12, and be able to get those second-chance opportunities, uh, you know, giving, those, giving themselves chances to score. Because Golden State, we know Draymond's going to play defense. Gary Payton's going to play defense. Clay's going to give you some defense. 
Waddle Porter, when he comes off the bench, he's going to play defense. So you got to continue to bang on the boards if you beat the Memphis Grizzlies. You got to give yourself a second and third opportunity. If they do that, they'll keep the series competitive. Like I said, though, I'm going with Golden State in the end in game six. I think they win this series four to two. Now, moving on, we're gonna. The last thing I wanted to talk about today is the WNBA. You all that follow me know that I'm a big advocate for the ladies in the WNBA. I believe that it's time for everybody to show them more support. Uh, you know, try to attend a game or two if you can this year. Turn it on, watch it on TV. Try to buy you a jersey. Just show love to those ladies because if you actually get into the product, it's a very entertaining league. And the WNBA season will start this Friday. And so I'm excited about it. Uh, looking forward to seeing which team can, you know, win the championship this season. Which teams take a leap from last year. I believe that the Los Angeles Spartans, that's the team that I root for. I've rooted for for a long time. Uh, I believe they got a lot better in the offseason uh, by getting Lexi Brown, by getting Elizabeth Cambage, uh, Kennedy Carter. They just got a lot of different pieces, and I think that the Los Angeles Sparks should be a much better team than they were last year. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how they start off the season and how they continue to progress and improve. Again, this was this week's episode. I appreciate everybody for taking your time to listen. If you would, tell a friend, tell a family member about Time Out Sports and get them to tune in and check us out. Uh, We can be found on Twitter at Time Out Sports 3. Again, Time Out Sports 3. We can be found on Instagram at at Timeout Sports with two underscores. Again, Timeout Sports with two underscores. And if you are a supporter of the WNBA and the, you know, you love to see what the ladies pull up to the games wearing or they wearing their spare time, then give us a follow on Twitter at Fitz underscore WNBA and Instagram WNBA League Fitz. Again, I hope that you all have a great week.